Hello and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Check out their Instagram to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're whipping up. Today's episode is the latest installment of our Memories from a Catskill Performer series. Sullivan County Democrat reporter-photographer Kale Montana recently sat down with Lauren Jake Lentz for an interview at the Mamacating Library about his time performing in the Catskills. Here is that interview. So, Jake, when and where were you born? I was born in Brown County, uh, Minnesota. And uh, you want when? Sure. 1936, January 1st. Okay. Oh, you were a New Year baby. I was a New Year baby. Cool. I um, I didn't receive any gifts. Usually they give gifts to the firstborn in the county. Right. But I didn't receive any gifts. My brother was born on January second, four years later, and they had got around. They had gotten around to giving gifts out. So that's why I was always angry with them all my life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's just that's just a sideline. I, I always throw that in. <laughs> I think it's a cute sideline. Okay. Yeah. So what in your early life? influenced you to pursue music as a career? Well, I'm sure it was my parents, especially my mother, my mother, who started me on um, piano at age four. And I always heard always heard good music at home, mostly classical music, uh, Schubert and Beethoven and Mozart, you know, those things. I, I had a very good environment, you know, growing up, pretty quiet. It was a pretty quiet household, and uh, so I think that's where I, where I first uh, learned my love for music, and uh, I got most of uh, uh, most of my training from my mother. You know, she she, she was a musician. She also. was also a musician. She was a vocal major, also a piano minor in college. That's mainly where I got all my. So you mentioned you were hearing uh, mostly classical music at home. Was there any, um, you were born in the 30s. So as you got older, were you hearing big band music and Oh, yes, like yes. Okay. I sort of wanted to break, I sort of broke away from, Class- you know, the classical music uh, when I was 10, 11 years old. Uh, <clears throat> I started, we had a lot of polka bands around Poker. New Ulm was the the city in New Ulm, in Minnesota, and uh, uh, we had a lot of bands around, recording bands, and just all. Uh, so I <clears throat> I, uh, I I liked them. I you know my mother didn't like that too much, but uh, I uh, I learned to like a lot of the. The, what we called old time music, right, right, in those days, and then of course you know it it went pretty fast. It went from from the old time music, and then it started into like Benny Goodman, you know, sing sing sing, and the Carnegie Hall concert and all that. I started loving clarinet, jazz clarinet, and I went into listening to more stuff like. Uh, Harry James and Stan Ken and what have you, and uh, I loved the, you know loved the big bands and so it got you know 
progressed to that point. Okay, from classical to big bands. Yeah. That, that sounds like a logical progression. Yeah. Um, you didn't mention your dad. Was it was was he in the picture? Uh, my dad was. Um, he was a musician, uh, an amateur musician. Okay. He was an osteopath, and uh, so uh, he he knew good music, and you know, he had a good, pretty good ear for music. Um, but it was mostly my mother. Okay. That's what I remember mostly. So the next question was: Were your parents supportive of your career, which you pre- pretty much answered already? Well, um, what what did, what happened? I went to. My 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 mother passed away when before I got out of high school. Uh, I had to think of what I was going to do. I I liked the movies. I I, I saw Marlon Brando and I said I wanted to be Marlon Brando, you know. And uh, but anyway, uh, what happened next was uh, I went to the University of Minnesota for about a month, and I hated it there. And I came home. And I was pretty depressed. I, and oh, by the way, I, I did a lot of I did a lot of gigging around with with the, the polka bands. I had to make my to make my my money to uh, to um, support myself, and it was just my dad in the house. So uh, I, I did that, and, and then I saw an ad in the paper, not the paper, but it was uh, the downbeat out. Then Downbeat magazine. Oh yes. I saw a little ad about an inch by inch by inch for Westlake College of Music. You know, students come and come out to California and learn how to play in a big band and all that. And I said, that's for me. Westlake College. Westlake College of Music. Okay. And uh, so I packed up my duds. I went. Uh, I took my. Uh, 98 Oldsmobile out to California, drove myself out, and and uh, I went to I started school. I went to school out there and uh, learned how to play. And of course, I've been playing alto saxophone by then. I just loved it. That was the happiest time of my life, playing uh, in the big band. And I I worked myself up to the to the top band. We did. TV shows and radio shows out there right now, Hollywood. Through the college? Yeah, through the college, yeah. Okay. And uh, there was a lot of lot of stuff going, down out, going on out there, and uh, I just loved it. How old were you at the time when you first went out? I was 19. Let me back up for a second. You went to college, but you didn't like, you said you didn't like it. Why, why didn't you, what didn't you like about it? I don't know what what it was exactly, but it wasn't my cup of tea. I just okay. didn't. I just didn't like what they did. I just didn't like. I was in a. I was in a marching band, and we had to. Um, you know, first of all, I didn't. I didn't like to march in a band, playing an instrument. You know, it's not so easy to do that. And anyway, just the idea of it. I, I never. I never liked it. I never liked it in high school. Okay. We did it in high school too. Did you ever consider a different career? No, I'm, all except uh, I would have liked to be, a, you know, I would like to go and get in the movies. You wanted to be Marlon Brando. Yeah, I wanted to be Marlon Brando. <laughs> I, I like that, but I was too busy in music, though. Okay. I, I was. I never really thought about it too much. Okay. 
So what instruments do you play? I know you play the piano. Yeah, saxophone, flute, clarinet. Wow. Yeah. And you learned all of those at that school? Or uh, no, I learned uh, I learned the flute at that school, but the clarinet and the saxophone I learned at home, and I, I played in the bands okay. around my hometown. You answered part of this already. Your musical training—it was your mom, mm-hmm. all right. Who played what? Did you say? Um, uh, she played organ in the church, and she played uh, piano at home. Okay. And then, did you take any private lessons with? Anyone other than your mother? Uh, when I was out at, at school in Hollywood, I took lessons on clarinet with a uh, with a studio musician, and also from Buddy DeFranco, who was a very famous. Uh, I'm not sure if you know who that is or was. He passed away just recently. I took a couple of lessons from him, and after afterwards, after a few years, I. Uh, and he, he started leading the Glenn Miller Band. I joined the Glenn Miller Band. And who do you think was leading the Glenn Miller Band? Buddy DeFranco. Ah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was quite a fortuitous meeting. Okay. Anyway, okay. I, I was with the Glenn Miller Band about, I don't know, six months or so. So describe to me your early career. You sort of got into it a little bit. After you got out of college, what happened? After I got out of college, uh, I got drafted in the army. I played in the uh, played in the army band, and, and uh, but first I got uh, drafted into the infantry, and uh, I was very depressed, and I thought the end of the world had come because uh, I couldn't I couldn't play music. I had to be doing this infantry stuff, you know, learning how to shoot BARs. Uh, automatic rifle, pistols, and doing all that kind of stuff. And I didn't want to have anything to do with that. I, I think I leave that to the other guy. So I remember one Sunday afternoon, I was very depressed. I was on a low point in my life. I went out walking a nice Sunday afternoon. I went from barracks to barracks to see if I could find any musicians. I couldn't find any. Finally, I came upon the band, upon the band barracks. And I met somebody in there who was a clarinet player, and we hit it off anyway. Anyway, as it as it turned out, as it turned out, I uh, uh, I got transferred from the infantry into the band. So I was a very, very, very I was a very, very happy guy after that. That's that's what we that's what I did. Was that the end? Did um, I answer the question? I had asked what your early career was like. So um, yeah. you got out of college. You got drafted. Yeah. Um, what year was that? Let's say 58. I went into college. I uh, went into the Army in 58. Okay. It was probably 59, something like that. Okay. So. Because I was in two years. All right. So you you, you joined the, uh, you were in the Army. You were in infantry, and then you got into the Army band. Yeah. And what happened after that? I stayed in the Army band until my my two years was up. And because uh, we had uh, an eight-year obligation at that time. Eight, did you say? Yeah. Wow. Six uh, six years inactive, two years active. I, I, just, I finished my two years active. Then I went on reserve, you know, what would they call the, what they would call a reserve. 
And uh, at that point, then it was uh, 1960. And are you in a band now? Are you traveling around the country? What are you doing? I joined a band a couple years later. I joined a band in Savannah, Georgia, playing piano. I'd been playing saxophone up to that point. I joined a band playing piano, and it was uh, a territory band, what they called in those days. Uh, We went all around the uh, southeast part of the United States. We ended up in Roseland in New York. You ended in Roseland, did you say? We ended up in in one of our gigs up in Roseland, New York, and and, uh, we did a job up there. And then I heard about the Jimmy Dorsey band was looking for a lead alpha player. The rest is history. I I went uh, and auditioned, and uh, he liked me. Uh, Lee Castle was the uh, leader of the band. He was the leader of the Jimmy Dorsey band, and he uh, hired me in 1963. From that point on, I was a happy camper. I was playing in a lot of big bands. I played a lot, but I stayed with the the Dorsey band for about four years. Okay. You said alto. That was alto sax or alto. Yeah. Alto. Yeah. Okay. Alto sax. I played all the Jimmy. All most of, not all. I wasn't that good. But I I was pretty good, and I played a lot of Jimmy Dorsey's solos, most of them. And from that from that point on, let's see. And then after about four years, I I left, played with quite a few other big bands: Woody Herman, Glenn Miller Band, Buddy Morrow. Buddy Morrow. Buddy Morrow, yeah. Okay, tell me what brought you up to the Catskills. After the after the big the era big band era died. More or less, there wasn't, you know, the work got less and less and less and less. And that was probably at the end of maybe 69 or 70, maybe a little bit before that, because my daughter was born on six, in 69. Pretty much uh, the end of the band, big band era, couldn't get any work anymore. So I was in New York at the time, and I was in Donna Roseland, where the uh, union was. I used to go to the union floor, local two, I forgot the, forgot the number, 202, I think it was. I heard uh, them saying that uh, we want, you know, they wanted some musicians up in, uh, in the Catskills. So I ended up in them. Did you have to audition, or you just drove no, off? No, no, I, uh, no, I, I guess it went on word of mouth or, odd, you know, I don't remember exactly how that worked. But anyway, I went up there. I remember just going on the gig and without an audition or anything. And we, I started at the Falls View. Falls View, okay. Yeah, in Illinois. All right. Yeah. And next question, which of the hotels did you perform in? All of them. All of them? Yeah, I think mostly. The big ones, you know. All Falls View, Grossinger's. Falls, yeah, Grossinger's I did not, no. No. No, Grossinger did not. But Grossinger's, Concord, uh, Cutcher's, well, which I ended up later on, I ended up there during 32 years there. You were 32 years at Cutcher's Country Club. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty good gig. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So, Jake, what, which performers or teachers influenced you the most? Were there certain performers that you idolized or 
or anything like that? Well, I did, I, I never idolized anybody, but uh, I I did you know I did a lot uh, I did admire some you know quite a few of the people that worked up there, people like uh, Malzie Lawrence or Sal Richards, who's a pretty good guy. I can't think of him anymore. Dick Capri. Okay. Do you remember him? Heard the name. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Henny Youngman was a very, very nice guy, very funny guy. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, very good okay. guy. Just, uh, I, there's only a couple that I can, I can think of right now, at the moment. Can you think of maybe one story that happened with a certain performer that um, you think the readers might be interested in? No, no, just, 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 uh, I'm just... Uh, just reminiscing to say that uh, those guys that I mentioned mm-hmm. are very, very good at their craft, and they're you know top of their top of their game. Okay. They were really excellent. Where else have you performed outside of the Catskills since Cutcher's closed? Since Cutcher's closed, I remember going down to New York and doing a couple of uh, gigs down there with Mal Z. You know, one of the show where they where they produce Broadway shows, we did you know some private parties okay. and that kind of that kind of thing. Okay. Not too much. Where where are you performing? I heard you do something at uh, Garnet Health Center in Middletown. Yes, I play at the hospital. You play at the hospital. Where where are you in the lobby? Okay. Mm-hmm. And how often do you do that? Uh, four or five days, four day, four days a week. Four days a week. Mm-hmm. Is this a volunteer thing, Jake? No, or they pay me. They pay me well. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you're performing just for the people who pass through or um, uh, the guests? Well, you can imagine, you know, what happens at a hospital. I know. know. <laughs> many people many people come in there, some visiting, mm-hmm. some for appointments, some for this or that, or they have some health problems and they stop and listen yes they stop and listen to you some do yes some do okay that's great are you uh performing in i'm sure there was a a break in there but i know that at one time you performed at certain uh restaurants oh yeah you're still doing that i haven't played at a restaurant for a long time it's yeah yeah did that stop when the pandemic hit well it had stopped before that Okay. Did you have any advice for someone who might want to be a professional musician nowadays? I'm sure it'll be different from when you started. The only thing I can say is uh, advice for a young guy, a young person, is uh, if you're going to go in the music business, plan on doing a lot of work. And what I mean by that is uh, work hard. Practice. You must. You must have a lot of talent. You better have a lot of talent because to get a real good job in music, you have to. You have to be somebody. You have to be really good at what you do, and uh, that's 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 the main thing. Because I mean, just an amateur player is not going to make it. You you just better love what you do and work hard at it. And don't do anything else because that's that's all you're going to have time for. Don't have a side job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jake, the time you spent performing in the Catskills, what what did that mean to your life? What was what was so special about it? Well, to tell you the truth, what was special about it 
It was a job. Got and it. put food on the table. That's about all I can say. But you and but you enjoyed you you told us before how happy you were being in the army and finding the music. So here you are as a professional musician getting paid for it. And that must have been something for you emotionally. It was really enjoyable to do uh, to to do a, get up there, you know, every every night to do what I was supposed to do and be a part of uh, you know, the people when when people responded to the act and I was helping the act perform better by, you know, doing back good background music and being a part of that. It, 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 you know, it was all, it was all part of the whole thing, and it was very, yeah, it's very enjoyable. It's got to be a fulfilling feeling. Yeah, it is. It was. I always thought it was uh, never, you know, never paid enough. You can't have everything in life. It puts food on the table. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. When you performed in the hotels, were were you performing with the headliner? Or were you providing... We were providing background for whatever they had. And if, if they had music, we had we had to... Usually we would have a rehearsal uh, to go over the music. If, and um, most of the time it was not that difficult anyway. It was like for a, a, a comic or, or a comedian. But if the singer was, you know, if a singer was doing something and she had an act first... Usually, you know, these acts in the uh, in the Catskills at that time, if there was a certain, if, like when showtime began, uh, the MC would come out and introduce. Usually, they would have two acts: They'd have a singer and a comedian. A lot of the times, the singer would have a uh, thirty-five minutes, thirty minutes of, you know, just singing, and uh, and then we'd go on to the to the comic. He sometimes would have music. Or he would sometimes not, and we would get off and let let the comic do his bit if he didn't have music, and if he did, but we would have to back him up. And then after the comic was done, did you come on and play some dance music for the audience? Sure. Okay. Not always. Okay. In the in the in the old days, in the beginning, we used to do that, you know, a lot. Did you meet um, your wife? At the hotels? Yes. And she was actually married to the leader of the show band at Cutcher's, and uh, and she was singing with the band then. And I had my own band. You had your own band? Yeah, I had my own band. I took over the Latin band from a gentleman, Carlos Ovidio. I don't know if you remember him, but he had the Latin band. And then he got sick and, and he couldn't perform anymore. And they called on me to take over the band. That and was a happy, happy time in my life. That was? Yeah. D- was that a, still a hotel band? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had a Latin band and then they had a show band. and They had uh, the Latin band and the show band. I did not know that. And to answer your question, my wife was singing with the show band. Well, who, who uh, the leader was her husband, and then as things went by, things went on, got a little different. I uh, fell in love with my my wife, okay. and she fell out of love, <laughs> and we got together. And we'll and we'll most likely be interviewing her at some point in time. Yeah. 
That does it for today's episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. A special thanks to the Mammy Caden Library for offering us their space for the interview. You can check out Carol's full story on Jake at scdemocratonline.com.